What is up, Grunge Bible music community? We are back for another episode, episode 49 of the Grunge Bible podcast. My name is Ethan Shalloway, and I'm here alongside the wonderful Chris Salona. And Chris, I got a simple question. How the fuck are we doing today, man? Oh, man, how the fuck are we doing? Well, it's episode 49, so that's good. Honestly, man, not that great. I um, I have been in a little bit of a funk like the last seven to ten days. Um, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like the winter, the winter definitely. It's a long winter. It's a long December, as they it's say. It's February, and, uh, man. We hate. Yeah, February. man. That's what so, it comes down to. It's the worst month. We fucking hate this month. And um, yeah, the the winter and the cold and the dark. It's it's just a drag at this point. So it, this happens to me every single winter around this time. I just kind of get a little weary of it, but um. You know, doing doing what I can to raise the spirits and uh, and keep well around these times, and um, so that's all um, you can do. So, what is your so when you're feeling that way, and especially this time of year, what are your what are your go tos to kind of you know kick that can and get and you know get out of the slump? Do you have any? Oh man, do you have um, anything that you like? What's what's the best? What's the best solution? Is it listening to music? Is it lighting uh, a candle? No, not not either of those really. Music music sometimes doesn't really Does help. The I worst. just I need <laughs> a couple <laughs> it makes of things. It worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it make it gets me through a hard time by making it worse. Um, <laughs> no, I, I would say I have the tendency when I just kind of feel like shit, just to kind of shut down a little bit and like not do the things that I would normally do in terms of right. seeing people. So just like sometimes just to give myself a kick in the pants to get out there and try to conduct myself as yeah. normal with seeing Routine. people and everything because that that you know that fills up your cup and uh when the cup's empty you gotta you know you can't really fill it up yourself so just to spend time with friends and family uh try to get outside just try to take care of myself you know sleep yeah. enough and um just all of those things and and also just to, to objectively look at the calendar and realize that the better days are coming and uh, it's, it's going to start to get warmer and brighter uh, and yeah, that, that's always had a really big impact on me, just the weather and everything, especially as I've gotten older and, and the cold, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh routine is always something that helps me when I'm feeling, feeling a little down, <clears throat> getting back to, yeah, just making sure that I'm, that I'm doing the things I like, which is, you know, getting a good cup of coffee in the morning, yeah. hitting the gym and, and, you know, with a, like a nice little like routine, you know, got, not getting lost in the sauce as yeah. they say, and kind of have everything kind of run together it's fun. It's it's good to just kind of be a little more scheduled during those times. It totally just helps, and yeah, it kind of fights it, off. It'll fight off the uh, when it gets dark super early. I feel. Yes. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. It's also helped me just to be honest <laughs> when people ask me um, for a long time. Oh, hundred percent. They're yeah, like, oh, like how you doing? Like, oh, I'm great. But like, no, man, I'm 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 not great. But it, it, it helps because I think when you when you acknowledge it, you can deal with it appropriately. So that's uh, that's what we're doing around these parts. Well, yeah, and then I, the other thing I was going to say is honestly just that because it leads to conversations, and good yeah. conversations can can so do a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, awesome. Ethan Shalloway, how how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing I'm doing well. That's um, awesome. I just I just finished up a week in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it was jam packed, super busy. Um, I got home, I missed the first half of the Super Bowl, and I was just exhausted, man. I mean, it was the uh, those long days that, you know, you burn the candle at both ends. We kind of went late, like preparation. So we had a great um, javelin clinic, and but it just took everything out of me, but in such a good way, and it left me refreshed. Um, so it's good. It's really nice to be back um, and getting into the swing of things a little bit, but I'm in a good spot. I'm just, uh, I'm ready to take a, take the next step in a few different things. So it's good. It's fun. That's I'm in a fantastic. Good place. I, I love hearing that. Yeah, it looked like you had a great weekend. So for the listeners, um, Ethan, you you are, uh, I, I know you probably wouldn't say this yourself, but you're quite an accomplished javelin thrower. And uh, you were there over the weekend conducting a clinic with uh, several preeminent throwers in the United States. And also you had a special guest from uh, across the pond. Is that correct? Yeah, we um, actually flew in Thomas Roller. He's a German javelin thrower who, he, he was a 2016 Olympic champion and has the olympic record so he's still in the farthest in any olympics that's a big deal that's pretty sick and um yeah like you know it's like that throw could have won any of the olympics that he, you know that he would have competed at and uh he's actually third or fourth all time with the new rules i think he's yeah third and um it was so special he is an incredible human very very intelligent and just being around somebody at the top at the pinnacle of your sport 
and uh, seeing the way they conduct themselves and how they comment was really, uh, really awesome. And we have a we have an Instagram page for our group, uh, the USA Jab Project, and he kind of talked about that from a distance, which was really cool. It's kind of like when people talk about grunge Bible from a distance, you know, we're just, you know, we just shoot the shit and me and you talk about it all the time. But then when somebody from the outside comes and, and kind of lets you know what it looks like and, you know, how yeah. the whole thing is coming together and where, where the impact is, is falling. Um, you know, it's really, really special. So I kind of got that with the group that we have here, which is really you know, satisfying because I've, I moved here three years ago to kind of create this group and it, it's making an impact on a bunch of uh, totally. levels, like regionally, nationally, and then internationally. And I was like, I was like, hell yeah! I was like, yes. I was like, hell yeah, man. It was basically like the the grunge rock equivalent of doing a drumming clinic with Matt Cameron for for a weekend. Basically, yeah. I mean, the the pre- preeminent person of their field, you know, to go in and, and make those connections. But yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we're, we're we're doing things and working on projects, no matter what they are. You never really realize the people that it might impact. And I know we feel similarly with this page and the show and everything. And uh, it's like we're continually surprised by the reaches that it has. And it's it, it, it's it's a great opportunity. I think anytime you have the chance to do that, you you got to jump at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's special when people people tell you how impactful it is. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a good segue. And we got a lot of uh, patrons, a lot of people that decided to support us that we've We've left an impact on them, and they feel um, strong enough that they can help hold up hold up the the world of Grunge Bible. That the is. Atlas Stone that yeah. is Grunge Bible. Yeah. So we have to. Um, we're not going to apologize for it, but we were a little upset last week that we weren't <laughs> able to ring the bell. And uh, I guess <laughs> I guess people people finally uh, they gave in, or they just didn't want us to berate them again on this episode. But we had um, they didn't want to kill us. Individuals so they had to... <laughs> join the Patreon. Yeah, they wanted. <laughs> Exactly. They didn't want to kill so, us, so they just they got just shut on the board. fuck up, gave their money. <laughs> so um, so we have uh, we have two new members at the two dollar level, and uh, we have uh, leading off that lineup. We have a uh, words and music studio. So they commented on our last um, uh, our last YouTube video and basically said, you know what, I'm I'm tired of it. Fine, I'll buy the shitty cup of coffee. So this one's coming coming lukewarm over to you. And uh, additionally, we have another member of the two dollar level. <laughs> And they have submitted themselves to the Patreon ranks as Nikki Six. And I know we spoke at length about how much we abhor Nikki Six on last week's episode. But uh, I guess if Nikki Six is giving us $2 a month, I hate him a little less. Yeah. Now, this is I still hate him. This is what I'm talking about. This is the topical names that i need to see like i want you you know take what we're doing on the page for the week if you want to become a patron and 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 jump on that dude nikki that's hilarious that's because great. uh you got a little we got a little fired up about the uh the nikki six eddie better um discussion and we sure perfect. did i'm yes. I'm, I'm, mean, I'm happy that i'm happy that you know they did that it's funny that yeah. stuff is funny to me so i totally agree and then uh additionally we have two new members at the ten dollar top top tier level and uh, those individuals are Kara K. So we would like to thank you, Kara. And additionally, Ethan, we had Jerry Seinfeld join the <laughs> ranks. I don't know if this is the real Jerry or the fake Jerry, but he's, he's here and he's contributing. And yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any way to confirm or deny that no. uh, it's not really the, the real Jerry Seinfeld or the Nikki Six. You know, I mean, yeah, we had the real Billy Corgan, and obviously that was actually him, but. Um, you know. We did something to piss him off, and he decided to uh, to <laughs> jump true. ship as as he often does. But that's you know that's the way it goes. So we have uh, we have two new members Seinfeld of that top tier, awesome. and uh, they uh, they join our our ever growing legion of top tier supporters, and they are Laura Nyrene, Marianne, Sunny Mashburn, Sue, Shannon Gorgon, our number one fan from Australia, Kayla Jean, Jamie Lynn, Fuck Soup, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Rachel Corning, Millie, Alexis Shannon. Wayne Staley, Doug Endy, Release, Victor Schaefer, Jade Mercado, and the Blue Owl. Whew, what a list. That's a mouthful. That's 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 good stuff though. It's it takes you it takes takes me longer each week to read that list off, which is oh, uh, yeah. just pretty cool. Yeah, that one was uh I could feel it there. I felt the you know 
I felt the duration. It was long. Yeah, I had to, I had to take a couple of breaths. It's always how you how you, you have to approach with the strategy. I mean, how many how many names you're going to reel off before you, you you inhale a little bit and get some more oxygen in you? But uh, that's taken a while. But that's good. That that makes me really happy. And it's 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 always um, it's always humbling to read that list every week and to get those notifications that people are deciding to support us because uh, we're almost a year in and we wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for that support. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That's so what amazing. do we have to offer up for the patrons this week? Well, What's... Ethan, uh, uh, for, for a little little clarity, we are recording this for all the listeners out there. We are recording this on Tuesday, February 15th. Uh, this podcast will be coming out towards the end of this week. And uh, yesterday was Valentine's Day. And, and we, we fucking hate Valentine's Day, right? We do. We talked about it in the last podcast. And um, I... <laughs> I saw I saw a good someone posted about it and said the holiday is fake but the love is real and I like that. Okay, and, I like, I like that, that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So uh, the holiday is fake, um, but I know I understand that the love is real for everybody out there. So that's kind of how we view it. Yeah, I would totally agree. So so we dropped that episode last week uh, in advance of the Valentine's Day holiday, and uh, we had a comment on YouTube. Uh, from an individual under the channel Ace Guitar Covers, and they suggested that we do an episode on our top or favorite grunge love songs. So that's what we're going to do. We 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 like to make a habit of listening to the suggestions that we get, good or bad. Uh, we'll do just about anything here. Um, and that, that's a good, that's, that's, a, that's one of the good ones. That's a great suggestion. And uh, Ethan and I, we took some time to compile um, some of our notable grunge love songs. Now, for some uh, kind of more clarity on this as well, I took that meaning rather liberally in the sense that anything kind of discussing love, as far as I'm concerned, is a love song. Uh, whether it's unrequited love, whether it's whether it's feeling love, whether it's the absence of love, I mean, it's a it's all talking about love. So, mm-hmm. well, that was my first question, Chris. I was going to say, uh, what is a love song? What uh, anything what... can be a love song, can't it? I yeah. I mean, is it about two people that are together in love, or is it when somebody leaves you? Like I was trying to, I was doing some doing some you know thinking about it yeah and uh does, is, could it just be a song that reminds you of somebody that has nothing to do with love but if you if it reminds you of somebody in your relationship i mean could it you know, could that be a love song well like case in point is she fucking hates me by puddle of mud is that yeah. a love song I, I think it is i think i think you're right anything that <laughs> yeah. anything that reminds you of somebody who you love or used to love um i think could be considered to be a love song it's it's not a simple That's question a to answer. Example. It's like it's like what's grunge. I mean, how do, how do we know? Yeah. But we do know because it's only mud honey. So yeah, I'd say easy answer there. But yeah, it's an easy answer. That was a shitty shitty comparison. I'm off my game today. Well, what are you gonna do? It's, <laughs> or it's like um, somebody that I used to know by uh, what the hell yeah, is that? Yeah, whoever band? that is. That song was inescapable. Go T A. Go T A. That ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the that was the only song that they have. But now they now they're just somebody that we used to know. Yeah. <laughs> So what, what do you, what do you think? Because I, I definitely agree that, or I, I feel as though that it can be pretty much anything that makes you think of those scenarios or those situations in your life. Um, so I, I definitely have a, a fairly broad definition of what a love song is. Anything that discusses that that realm. What about you? What do, what do you think? Are you a are you a you know hard and fast? This is what it is, and everything else isn't. Or where are we? Yeah, from? I, I was thinking about. It. I think the main the main thing that. <clears throat> Uh, I was gonna say the main thing for me is that if it makes me like think of a specific person immediately, yeah. like if it can get me feeling some type of way about a past relationship, which is probably the case, or if like you know if you're in the relationship, um, you know maybe if it makes you think about yeah the current relationship, um, but I think that that is the main thing for me. If it starts, if you start you know comparing and kind of going you know, parallel trains with the song and the lyrics, then that's going to be really important. Um, and I think uh, the songs that we picked, some of them are, you know, a lot of them are going to be, I don't know, acoustic, you know, and pretty like softer stuff and maybe something that makes you feel. And I, I think that's important too. I think the structure like obviously goes into it. Um, yeah. Into everything. I don't know, man. I'm just, I was just thinking about all of Taylor Swift's songs, <laughs> love songs. It, they're all love songs, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can't get away from it. So I don't know. I, I, I think that that's why we're going to have this conversation. We'll see what songs we picked, and we'll see at the end of it. Maybe we have a better definition of what a love song is. But 
I'm sure that it's going to go like, is it something that you like that these people wrote to sing to another person, like face to face, like they need to be right there to, you know, to be a love song if right. you sing it to them. Um, Who knows? Let's, yeah. Let's see. Let's get into let's, it. So I have a few that I would like to run through. So I think, um, we'll, we're going to run through some, some that I, that I have some, some notes written on and then, and then I'll throw the ball back over the net over to you. But, um, the first song that comes to mind is um, not not one of the more popular songs from this band, but it's it's one that I've always been really really fond of uh, for the lyrical content and, and certainly the way that it sounds. And that is uh, from the Stone Temple Pilots, uh, "Still Remains." So that mm-hmm. was off of the Purple album, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a really powerful song. It's it, it's definitely I would categorize it in the traditional sense of what a love song is, in the sense that it kind of discusses your feelings towards somebody that you're feeling at that moment. And and the chorus is just, is absolutely great. It's got the, it's got the lyrics. If you should die before me, ask if you can bring a friend, pick a flower, hold your breath and drift away. And um, it's also take a bath. I'll drink the water that you leave. I mean, that's, that's very, it's very lyrical and and metaphorical, I would hope. But I mean, it's just, it's just a great song. And it's also, um, one of my favorite lines from Scott, uh, drink the wine, save the water. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I definitely think this song got a lot of play, um, at the time of Scott's passing. I remember because of that line, you know, if you should die before me. Um, but it's just, it's just a really, really great song. And, uh, I've always appreciated it. I've appreciated the guitar work there. And I mean, all of the instrumentation, um, Stone Temple Pilots are definitely a band that, um, similar, I would say to Soundgarden where people, uh, focus so much on the lead singer and the front man yeah. that you forget about how good of musicians the DeLeo brothers and Eric Kretz were um, and still are to this day. Um, but it's just, it's a really, really great song. It's, um, you know, it's well-produced and it's, it's always been a favorite of mine and it came to mind immediately when we had this discussion. Yeah. I think that is important to bring up the, just the overall, I guess, vibe of the song and kind of mm-hmm. the atmosphere it creates. It's not too, it's not like, you know, it's not acoustic, obviously, but and it's not like super heavy. It just has that really warm, like warm feeling to it. I put it on earlier and yeah, it just kind of, you know, it's very comforting and it makes it, it, it's, it comes off very sincere in, mm-hmm. in the way that I listen to it. And like when you read those lyrics, like I can just picture, you know, Scott, you know, saying them and, and, and meaning them and, and obviously we do we hear we hear it in his voice and it just seems so you know he's very compelled and um i think that's really important with these these songs that we're going to talk about i think the way that the these singers kind of deliver and the way that they sing the lyrics because um yeah there's emotions there's emotions in lyrics and there's emotions in the way that people sing and uh that's kind of what love is. <laughs> love has a lot to do with words and, and being, and, and those lyrics that you brought up are really, um, they really are awesome. Pick a flower, hold your breath and drift away. I, I do like that um, quite a lot. It's heavy stuff. I would expect nothing less from, uh, from Scott Wilde right. though. Certainly. Yeah. His, his lyrical ability is right up there. We've talked about that. Yeah, we certainly have. The next one that I have, uh, it, it wouldn't be a list coming from myself without some, uh, inclusion of the great Mark Lanigan here. So we're going to turn to Mark Lanigan. And um, I would say about two years ago, um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, my life kind of got turned upside down and, and, and it did feature a breakup. And uh, Mark <laughs> Lanigan's um, music at the time, I was reading his memoir, Sing Backwards and Weep, and I was just um, devouring all of his material. And uh, in 2002, he released, um, or he recorded rather, um, an album the uh, called the Houston publishing demos. So basically at the time he was in a bunch of debt and uh, this publishing studio and, and, and this individual offered to uh, pay his debt in exchange for a recording contract. And, and the song that I'm about to discuss stems from those, those demos. And they, they, they were uh, recorded in 2002 uh, around the time uh, actually that Lane Staley had passed away, believe it or not. But uh, the song is called a sweet for dying love. And um, it's got, it's like a five minute long song and, and Mark only sings for the first minute and a half or two minutes. And then it's just, it's just this great instrumentation um, for the last three minutes or so. It's, it's just really expansive and it, it just sounds like a great book ending song. Um, so, you know, we had still remains, which is when you're in the relationship and then you have, 
Sweet for Dying Love by Lanigan at the at the end of the at the end of the the relationship, you know, when you're kind of coming down from it all. And and it's got it's got great, great lyrics here. Um, you know, the last portion of the song says, I wanted to say goodbye before my train rolled out. I went walking away with a mouthful of rain. Gotta get back and see my friends again. I'm just a little ashamed they gotta see me this way. And mm-hmm. I think that's definitely relatable anytime you go through a hard time. There's always a little bit of shame i guess that yeah you know your pride you don't want people to see you in that rough condition you don't like the concept that somebody else or a situation you you were in has affected you that much but you know you have those lyrics and then just the outro of the song is is really really great and it's a song that i listen to a lot like i said when i was going through some things at that time and um it's just it's just a great song about leaving something and kind of communicates that to that that feeling that you know, I'm not all right now, but in time I will be. Uh, that's that's kind of what that that instru- instrumental outro uh, communicates to me, and it's it's always been one of my favorite songs from the point that I I heard it initially. Yeah, the um that lyric was one that I was going to point out. The uh, got to get back and see my friends again. Just a little shame they got to see me uh, this way, and. Because, yeah, that is, it's exactly, and we always talk about how everybody is so good at giving advice, is good at giving relationship advice until they're in the relationship and they need to take their own advice. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, and so you go through this time where you're like, I can make it work. And usually lasts like three months past or like two months past when you should be out of a relationship. And then once you get out of it, you realize like, oh my gosh, how did I, how did I linger so long? And, and yeah, you do feel a little bit of like shame and guilt and, you know, it's, it's hard to look in the mirror and make the right decision uh when you're in when you're in love <laughs> but yeah. um i think and i i do think when i was listening to it um you know mark's voice and his tenor is like just i mean he could he could sing the phone book and it would sound as heavy as this song sounds <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly he just got he could, that voice yeah it and it is such a yeah like a uh, what's the word i'm looking for yeah like a climax, yeah. It's like a climax to the relationship where a decision mm-hmm. needs to be made, and and you can see it's like a an, an ultimatum, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. It's good. I, I I really like this one. Um, this is a good. This is a good choice. Yeah, uh, and it's also it's also a weird commentary. I think we all have experiences with this, whether we did it or we had friends that did it. But when you enter into a relationship, whether you like it or not, I think there's always some degree of usurping your friends a little bit because you only have a finite amount of time. And then when a romantic interest enters your life, you know that time has to come from something. And oftentimes you end up hanging out with your friends a little less. And <laughs> it's just kind of a good commentary on, you know, when, when shit hits the fan and things go wrong in the, uh, in the romantic life with the significant other, the, the friends are always there and the good friends are always there to welcome you back. Even if you realize that you made a mistake and you realize that you might've maybe let some of those friendships lapse and, you know, you might be a little ashamed that they have to see you that way, or maybe a little ashamed that you made that mistake to, um, lessen their presence in your life. But, I think if we all have good friends, which I, I know I'm grateful that, that I have good friends, you being chiefly among that group, um, they're they're there for you no matter no matter what, no matter the decisions that you yeah. make, they're they're there, and uh, you you might feel ashamed, but when you get back in touch with them, there's nothing yeah. to be ashamed about. Yep, because we've all made those. We've all decisions. been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. It just it's like it's a yeah carousel of whose turn it is to do that. I exactly. The, we all pay I, our dues. Yeah, we all pay our we all pay our debt sometimes. Yeah, um, I think a, to kind of move into the next um, phase of the uh, you know the relationship and the breakup. It's when you you kind of you know you've out of the relationship enough time has passed, and then you know people you either see usually you see them kind of move on and get into another relationship. And mm-hmm. I believe that the the song "Sun Shower" by Chris Cornell is a great analogy for this one. Yeah. where it hurts it stings um but there's you know it's you know it's a when it's raining while it's light out it's still raining but there's some there's some light and um you know cornell he says he has a great of a great a lot of great lyrics and i think it's just about you know being okay it hurts to see somebody move on but you're you have to be okay with it and you have to um yeah move on and i um this is the beginning, the beginning stanza. It says, dark as roses and fine as sand. I feel your healing and your sting again. I hear you laughing and my soul is saved. On forgotten graves you cry. Um, wow. 
Yeah, and I, I like the on forgotten graves you cry, and I was thinking about that, and I think like that has a lot to do with you know say your relationship and what has passed away, you know, and and like yeah, you cry on those those graves, but um, it's something that you know it's it's left your mind as well. Like you don't really you don't really see it as um, like the present, you know. So it's Definitely. it's past. Um, and it's just a, I mean, it's such a good song. It, it really he is. obviously has that voice that makes you feel so um, emotional. <laughs> and yeah. it has yeah. a great, and, and, and that has a chorus great in that song is something, yeah. you know, when you're all in pain and you feel the rain come mm-hmm. down, it's all right. Yeah. And uh, that song, the theme that exists, I think is so, something that's so important to remember because I think a lot of times we deal with situations in terms of their absolute qualities in the sense that it's either dark or light or there's either happiness or sadness. But I mean, the concept of a sun shower in this song, those two things can be coexisting at the same time. And how do you reconcile one with the other? And which one do you decide to focus on? But I think it's a good reminder that you have to focus on both of them and experience both of them in order to grow and learn from those things. And this song, believe it or not, um, when Chris passed away in 2017, as soon as I got the news, this was the first Chris Cornell song that I listened to once I yeah. heard the news. And mm-hmm. I had I'd known the song, but I mean, it just it just floored me at the time. And Mm-hmm. Um, I get chills. So I, I associate that with right that, now. but I mean, it's just the concepts that are explored in this song. I think are so important, especially like like we're talking about here in the context of a relationship and the healing and everything like that. Yeah, and it, it ends with um, kind of a same instrumentation as uh, you're talking the about Flanagan, and but he says, uh, "I know all your graces someday will flower in a sweet, sweet sun shower," and. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm like I've always been so fascinated with the idea of it's it's sunny out but it still is drizzling. It's one of my favorite moments. It doesn't make and, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense and it, it it definitely pulls out some type of feeling in you like it's oh, I don't know. It's always very special but um yeah, this song is this song is really good. I I, I do remember listening to it cuz it came off of his album in uh one of I mean it was like only like 10 years ago. I think it was like his acoustic album, correct? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it came out sometime in the mid 2000s or something. I can't remember. I think it was and a, that was a such track a, or Such a good, yeah, Higher Truth. It was such a good, um, such a great album. And I, I this song was, is golden. Yeah. I, I just love that concept. You know, I love all your, uh, all your graces someday will flower. You yeah. don't know when, it, and it might not be soon, but it's, it's going to come eventually. And I think that relates to that concept of, no matter what happens in, in, in this realm, someday and you're you, going to be okay, even if you don't feel like it and you don't feel like it at the time. Oh. Yeah. And if, and if you guys, yeah, go, go back and just read, I mean, we could pull out any of these stanzas and, and you'd be able to, we could like open it up. There's a lot of good some value. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of really cool stuff. So I, I take a look at those lyrics and when you listen to it next and, um, and just see what, see how it makes you feel. It's great. It's a good yeah. song. There's um this is not one of my songs but if we're in the ballpark of Chris Cornell I definitely need to mention the song Can't Change Me mm. and uh <laughs> it's a really really great song and uh, I think on the songbook live album he explained the background to it where he's like you know you're in a relationship and you try to be a better person for somebody and change for them and and be what they want you to be and then you get just you get to this point and you realize fuck it I'm me <laughs> and yeah. you just continue down your path and that kind of leads into the song that I want to talk about next because I think at some point, whether it's during or afterwards, you definitely do that sort of self-analysis. I think after you get to the point that you blame the other person or you you have um, ill will towards the other person, you kind of look inward. And a song I want to talk about for this is Heaven Beside You by Alice in Chains. And Jerry mm-hmm. Cantrell wrote this song uh, about a girlfriend of his from that time. And uh, we all know the song very well. I think it's 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 definitely a notable song. But it's something that he said when he was asked about the song that I think is a really, really impressive example of self-analysis and just kind of understanding how hard I think it is for people to change who they are, even for another person, no matter how much they love that person. And uh, he was asked about this song, Heaven Beside You, and he said that the song was another attempt to reconcile the fact that my life and paths are tearing me apart from the person I love. All the things I write about her are a way for me to maybe speak to her, express things I could never express. I still love her, but I'm too much of a fucking wolf. Kill, attack, and move on. 
It's so tough when you're so used to being hard. You can't tell an oak to be a pine. And that line at the end, I know I've posted on the page before, you can't tell an oak to be a pine. Um, I think especially in love and relationships, I think we place a little bit too much stock on people's ability to change, especially as you get older. Not to say that it's impossible, but there's just some things that are very difficult to change. And I think you have to be self-aware of the things that you're not good at and be honest about them. And uh, this this song always reminds me of that. And whenever I hear that song, I, I think of that phrase, you can't tell an oak to be a pine. And um, this definitely takes me to conversations we've had. And one of the more, I guess, insightful pieces of advice that we have talked about is um, sometimes, you know, you're just not compatible yeah. <laughs> and it's not working. You know, like we've all been in relationships where like maybe it's not working. You're trying to figure out why or like who is at fault. And it doesn't have to be that <laughs> like the you reason know, it's not always going to be a cinematic reason yeah yeah like i mean you know honeybees can't get you know honey from pine trees you know, you know what i mean like <laughs> exactly. you know they don't go together so sometimes you know you're trying to make it you're trying to make it work or you and and it's not compatible it's not and like i said you can't tell an oak to be a pine i'm thinking like this is pretty much it like we can't fool ourselves here i mean we can't change the people some people just can't go together yeah i mean of course like in a relationship in a good relationship there is a plenty of give and take and there is growth together but um at the same in the same breath there is some fundamental things that you know you're not going to be able to change easily there's going to be a lot of heartbreak involved and then it's not worth it right no i i totally agree and and i know we've had that conversation a few times at different points and I think our instinct when something like that happens and people pull away from one another or somebody pulls away from you or you pull away from them, the other person who's being pulled away from is always looking for that grand reason as to why it's not working or something must have happened. But yeah, I think it was you who told me that at one point. And sometimes there's, there's no reason. It's just, it's just that it's not, it's not something that that's going to work and it's just not, just not going to work. And that's sometimes all the reason that you need. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Like we're talking about it and it's like, we want to have more of a, uh, we want to have like a better explanation. Sometimes there's nothing else to mention. There's nothing else to say. That's 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 exactly the point. It's just like, sometimes it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I always (laughs) go back and forth on how valid or invalid of an explanation that is, where it's like, I'm not interested in this anymore. Well, why not? I don't know. I'm just not, I just know. And obviously that's yeah. not, that's probably not going to cut it because the other person's invested. But sometimes I think that's just the truth. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reminds, reminds me of another Jerry Cantrell quote that he, that he, uh, he said in an interview about heaven beside you. Uh, he said, life's a tough gig and uh, he could not be more correct. I think life is a tough gig and uh, relationships are a tough gig. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's not easy. It's not easy. So this takes us to the next, uh, another, um, another side, another, yeah, another side, another point of the relationship. And this isn't quite the, um, in the grunge era, but it's a little bit later, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring up lips of an angel by hinder. Oh yeah. Anybody who's our age, mid twenties, you know, this song. Yeah. This song, I guess it came out in, in, uh, 2005. Everybody knows the extreme behavior album and uh (laughs) you know what i'm talking about and i mean just the beginning of the lyrics uh the the first couple lines is honey why are you calling me so late it's kind of hard to talk right now honey why are you crying is everything okay i gotta whisper because i can't be too loud (laughs) and so this song is about you know when you're my girl's in the back room and uh you know you're in a relationship but really you're stuck on that person from before and um how what the kind of trouble um, both physically, but emotionally and how you could be yeah, emotionally cheating and talking. And there's so much that goes into it. But honestly, Chris, I just wanted to bring this up because if we're talking love songs, I mean, this is like the first one that came up in my head when I was, when I was younger, like, and I was feeling, you know, I was talking to some girls or things weren't going out and I need to feel, and I needed to make a bad time worse. I yeah. put this song, <laughs> I put this song on and I could, you know, Mr. Hinder has a great voice to take <laughs> To I'll take be me honest, to that point. That pre-chorus of I guess we never really moved on is burned into my yeah. skull 
because this came out around the time I, I must have been, I don't know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. So the I think that's around the point where you first become interested in dating and relationships. And, and the first time you get burned, you go to some hinder to feel better. But I mean, it's yeah, it's it's got all the makings of a of a classic in the sense of subject matter, classic yeah. relationship song. I mean, you know, I don't even, I don't want to like, you know, read too many lyrics, but I, I like, I'm looking at these and it's just like, yeah, let's it's do so, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read the last, I'm yeah, going to read the last yeah. bit. It says, it's really good to hear your voice saying my name. It sounds so sweet. Coming from the lips of an angel, hearing those words, it makes me weak. And I never want to say goodbye, but girl, you make it hard to be faithful with the lips of an angel. And I never want to say goodbye, but girl, you make it hard to be faithful. And then it just ends with, honey, why are you calling me so late? We've all had those phone calls, but it's just, it's, it's kind of hard man. to talk. It's hard to talk right now. It's, it's late. <laughs> I also think it's a testament how hard it is sometimes to make a clean break. I mean, how many times have you yeah. had, had something get broken off and, and either you linger in their inbox for a while, you're both yeah. doing it and it always makes it worse. And it's so funny because there was a point in our lives, Ethan, where we were on parallel trains in the sense that, you know, something had just ended for the both of us. And we were both telling the other person not to linger all the while we were lingering for weeks and it doesn't the, help. It doesn't help. <laughs> no, that, um, it's, I'm thinking about the, uh, cranberry song linger. That's, that's a yeah, way to linger. Doing it. Do you have to, do you, do have, you have to have let, to it, linger? let it linger? I'm in so deep. <laughs> That's the thing, though, man. Sometimes you get in deep, and it's hard. Then you end up you end up calling them so late. But uh, oh man, that's such a great song. I, I always have a soft spot for um, a lot of the music of that era that didn't necessarily get a lot of critical acclaim. There's another there's another band at the time called Saving Abel. Uh, they had a song mm. called Eighteen Days, which was another um, <laughs> another kind of. Uh, me in seventh grade suffering my first heartbreak that I, I always associate with that Hinder song that you just said. But, oh, man, yeah, the nostalgia right is pouring there. in. Oh, yeah. And then we have another one. But actually, it's so funny just because I just pulled up the lyrics to Linger by the Cranberries. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a great that's one. Such a, that's, oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite songs by them, obviously. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the same thing. You know, I'm in so deep. You know, I'm such a fool for you. You got me wrapped around your finger. You know, do you have to let it linger? A lot of people play those games, Chris. That's the problem. You can't play the you can't play the games, but it's so hard and, and, and it stinks because you know I think you're you're objectively aware of things when they're not good for you in terms of relationships or, or breaking up or whatever, but it's so hard to not do them. It's it's yeah. the the psychological tricks that you play on yourself are yeah. are unlike anything else, I think. And uh, that's a great song as a commentary on that. Yeah, it comes um comes down to uh people are selfish and yeah. you know people, whether it's subconsciously or conscious it it just happens and yeah it, it lingers for whatever reason and yeah and everybody likes attention yeah whether whether i mean i i certainly do i think we all do whether whether we admit it or not and and unfortunately i think that comes into play and we end up end up being able to hurt people uh more than than we should and uh that's always that's always a troublesome scenario but uh Ethan, do you, do you have another song you'd like to share? I do, I do. And this one's going to bring it all back. Because if, if you want a relationship that's going to work, it comes down to this final, this honestly, this final song. And it's a testament. I mean, the best relationships are the, one, the ones that have both sides working hard. And, and the words of Scott Stapp, um, you know, it's my sacrifice that makes this work. So I'm bringing up my sacrifice by Creed. This is just... An absolute banger, puts you in your emotions, has, I mean, where do we begin? We could bring from the top. I almost want to read right down. <laughs> A reading from the book of Staff. Yeah. I mean, what what are your first reactions to hearing, uh, yeah, my sacrifice? I mean. I just love the beginning where he, yeah. I, think, I think he opens it with, hello, my friend, we meet again. <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. It's, it's, been, it's a been a while. while. Where, where should, should we, we begin? begin? <laughs> Feels like forever within my heart of memories. Oh it's my just, gosh! You're, you're you're right. I mean, people people bag on it, and and we've spoken ad nauseum about Creed on this on this platform as well as other platforms that we have. But I mean, that chorus. Yeah, when you're with say, me, I'm free. I'm careless. Right? I believe above all the others will fly. This brings tears to my eyes. My sacrifice. I mean, that is that is the textbook example. 
You know, when you're yeah. with somebody and it's right, you believe when, you're careless and you're flying high. Because when you are with me. <laughs> it's so good. And just I'm the guitar work free. is great. This song, this song is important. This one, yeah. Yeah. When you're with me, I am free. I'm careless, I believe. I love it. Oh, And his voice, I mean, I, I just picture him, you know, singing this to a girl. Um, probably, probably he's done this throughout his career many times. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, w- I would hope so. This, you know, the song was nominated for a Grammy, Ethan, in 2003. Wow. Not many people can say that. Chris. Not many people can say they're <laughs> Grammy nominated. I sure as hell can't. So nah. the Creed, the Creed men, uh, they have something over us. Yeah. This, oh, man, is, this um, is a great song. This brings it all back. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. This brings it all back. This is, this is true love. This is the, uh, the love story of, uh, sacrifice. Yeah, so this is the fairy tale right here. That uh, that uh, mutual admiration that you do anything for the other person. I'm just gonna go ahead and read the read the one the one verse. It says, "We've seen our share of ups and downs. Oh, how quickly life can turn around in an instant. It feels so good to re- reunite within yourself and within your mind. Let's find peace there." That's brilliant. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's coming back. Brilliant. It's making it's making it work because the sacrifice. Yeah. That is fantastic! Wow, that's good. There's that's like that was we went through like eight probably eight songs total of of, of some great love songs. Certainly, um, and uh, if that's not enough, a couple of uh, honorable mentions that I'm not going to mm-hmm. discuss, but I would recommend that you check out. Um, Crushed by the Smashing Pumpkins is a great one. Uh, additionally, Soul One by Blind Melon kind of discusses that aftermath, and then perhaps one of my favorites um, that I don't know is. Uh, always existing in the consciousness of, of the grunge rock fans is uh, I'm Still Here by Pearl Jam. It's a spoken right. word track by uh, yep. that was released, I think, in some sort of serpentine route. It ended up on some Japanese promotional releases for the Lost Dogs record, um, but it's fantastic. You can find it on YouTube, and, and the lyrics are, it's just really great. It's just a great, great, um, great example of prose, really, and... Uh, I really, I, I don't even know where to, be, where to begin in terms of getting into it, so I'm not gonna. No, I think yeah. you should check it out, uh, lay down, and uh, close your eyes and listen to it. It's great. Yeah, I remember, I remember you sending that to me and the first time, and and yeah, just listening to it and being kind of, uh, kind of just out there, kind of lost, thinking about. It. I was like, holy cow, there's a lot. I'm um, still here. Yeah, maybe we make a um, we'll make a love a grunge bible love song playlist for the people. I think that's um, a brilliant idea. We'll put all these songs on there, and, and yep. you know, ten song playlist will be perfect. Um, In chronological you know, order of a relationship, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we fell we fell into that one. That was perfect. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that the, you know my sacrifice came off of uh, the album titled Weathered. And I think that's important to uh, <laughs> that's, that's very important. It's got one of the yeah. greatest, greatest early two thousands <laughs> album covers of all time with the the members of the band carved into a tree. <laughs> oh, dude, that's one of my favorite. I mean, they, that's they went gonna back be the, to back. That, they went back to back with the Human Clay album artwork <laughs> and then the Weathered album artwork. I mean, you can't even my own prison was great with the the man sitting in his cell back to the camera i mean that you can't find a better a better one two three punch for album artwork i think than creed's no. first three albums <laughs> i man, i love that shit that's awesome oh yeah dude like we talked about last like the the album covers and the titles were so yeah. important back in the day oh man yeah that's good I'm a stuff sucker for, i'm a sucker for that stuff hell yeah that's awesome that is fantastic Ah, this has been a lot of fun. Um, this has been. And uh, if you're still with us, uh, we definitely would like to take another opportunity to thank you for your support and for your attention over this last little bit of time. Uh, as we spoke about at the beginning, our Patreon program is rolling along. We have 38 individuals who are contributing uh, on a monthly basis at this point. And if you're enjoying it, go check it out. Like we said, it's only $2 a month at the lowest level. So that's equivalent of a shitty cup of coffee. So take a seat at the Grunge Bible Diner and we'll have an order coming right up for you. Additionally, we have merchandise available. Uh, those links are available on grungebible.com as well. In the bio. As, in, as well as in the bio, as well as in the description of every single podcast episode. So you don't have to go far. We're, we're teeing it up for you. We're making it real easy. And um, that's that's what we do around these parts. And our job is made quite easy by our producer, Drew McFadden. And mm-hmm. we, we would like to take to take some time to thank him today. Uh, he's been with us for all 49 episodes, all extraneous releases, and uh, he's crushing the game. 
and we wouldn't be here without him. He's doing an amazing job. And if you guys want to see, hear a little bit more about him, we have a, an exclusive podcast on the Patreon. So if you sign up, you get to hear uh, me, Chris, and Drew kind of shoot the shit for a while. And there's going to be more. It's like two exclu- hours is great. Yeah, there's going to be more content just like that coming um, on, in the Patreon. So um, more podcasts there. And uh, yeah, and then in uh, three weeks or is it three weeks away? Four weeks away, yeah, we're gonna start. About. We're gonna move our we're gonna move our release date to Monday. So keep that on the radar because um, that's important. Maybe it's not. Maybe you guys, it'll download no matter what for you guys. So you'll be ready. Um, we're gonna go into the flood on Monday with the podcast release, and uh, we're excited for that. So that'll be that'll be coming down the chute as well. But uh, Ethan, this was a great way to spend the last forty five minutes. And uh, I think before we close off, we have some songs of the week to share share with the people absolutely do um do you want to go first or should i i'm going to take a look at my my recently yeah, i always I'll, do this i always I'll, I'll go my... first and uh we actually we had a discussion about this band right before uh right before is we logged goose? on to record this it is not goose, the <laughs> goose i don't know maybe the goose streak will continue it's up to you ethan if you the want goose is loose i'm not ready to commit to a song yet to, for its first one but i i am i'm I'm going to plug them, of course. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, go listen to Goose, apparently. <laughs> Ethan has been enthralled with them for the last two months. And uh, I'm, I've made my way. I think I, I, there's one of their songs that's on a playlist of mine. I think it's Born. Um, nice. Yeah, it's, it, I, I've, been, I've been getting down to it a little bit. But my song of the week is actually, uh, it is another entry from The Modest Mouse. And, um, yeah, I've definitely, I don't know, it's funny. Whenever I'm in not the best of moods, I always find my way to Modest Mouse. And we spoke about this before we hopped on. Their music just has a way of transporting you to a very unique area that I don't get to from a lot of other bands, uh, particularly their earliest stuff. Um, But the song of the week that I have this week is Mice Eat Cheese by Modest Mm -hmm. Mouse. And it's it's a little bit of a short song, but it's it's definitely a downer. it hit the spot this weekend, uh, like I said, when I was not having the best of times. And yeah, it's just it's just great. Um, it's it's on par with all of their other mellow stuff like Make Everyone Happy, Mechanical Birds, or Talking Shit About a Pretty Sunset, or um, Their Lives. I mean, it's 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 right in that vein and it's 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 a creative space and it's a mood that I appreciate. And I, like I said, I think it's important that when you're feeling that way, you spend some time there and, and, and learn about yourself in those areas. And modest mouse certainly helps me to do that. So uh, that is my song of the week. I think that's gotta be Isaac Brock's like sixth entry on song of the week here. (laughs) I know He's he's definitely at the top of the leaderboard. I know. I was really gonna say, it's like soon this is just gonna be a big dis- uh, all just all modest mouse Isaac. Well, I'm re- I'm proud. I'm really proud of you. You're pulling from like every every album. All the errors of the mouse. The, the deep cuts are coming out. I mean, uh, yeah, you're doing an you're doing an excellent job. It's it's uh, well, it's it's great because Isaac Brock is one of those lyricists that. I don't know what it means, but I know it's impactful. So this song, yeah. mice eat cheese, and for the most part, they do as they please. But cat comes home, mice don't feel very free to walk around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know it. what that means. I don't know why it affected me, but it did. It's just, it's great. It's great stuff. It's so good. I'm definitely going to listen to that after this. Oh, yeah. Um, Be careful. Yeah, I will. I know. It's always, yeah, you never know. Never um, know. So for my song, I have a, f- a few different options. I was kind of bumping around. I had a lot of high energy stuff. Yeah, I, b- um, I bounced around too. That was my third. That was my third choice. I, I I had two others that I scratched before we recorded. What were the uh what what were the the bands? You don't need to say the actual uh the song, but just so the I bands. Had a, say. I had a I had a song by uh by our friend and and uh, esteemed musician June Swoon. Uh, nice. I really appreciate her music. And uh, additionally, I had a song from a band from Massachusetts. that was kind of like a punk indie emo band i don't know if they're still active but they're called the hotelier um but maybe maybe we'll we'll share some more maybe they'll he'll make the they'll make the cut for next week's song of the week but uh mice eat cheese is uh is carrying carrying the torch for me this week that's awesome um my song i'm gonna go with is called social drinker by bally ho okay bally bally who and um, who 
Yeah, and it's got the it's a reggae ska and um, just has really you know really fun lyrics. Um, you know, it's like because I'm tired of beer and liquor. Everybody knows I'm a social drinker, and like about staying up too late, waking up with a headache, and it's just like uh, it's just one of those feel good like summer songs. And it's mm-hmm. the weather has been a little warmer, and so I've been kind of listening to um, exactly that. I've been listening to some more some reggae, some reggae rap, um, and this song is just really catchy and i haven't listened to a ton of ballyhoo um i i I know i mean i know a a decent like i know a few songs like a few to play them and stuff but um yeah this song really did it for me um over this past two weeks so social drinker by ballyhoo i think it's because i think we all can identify with that being a social drinker and um wait it says the first line is you know Six in the morning. I ain't never gonna drink again. <laughs> and we've <laughs> this all reminds woke up. me of uh, of that song "Drugs" that you had as your song of the week, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a yeah. similar similar creative similar. area that it came from. Yep, drugs, not hot ones, just ones that take my mind off. Yeah, um, or change my mind up. Yeah, so those are two things. It's just you know, what's the the lyric from Camp? You know, I'm not a junkie. I just get high from time to time. <laughs> Yeah, there's another um there's another lyric from Sublime that's uh um funky not a junkie but I know where to get it um off of uh ah, shoot I'm forgetting the song but yeah, that's a, that's got a Sublime lyric. Right, lyric. So, yeah. It's a lot like that. Yeah. So that wraps up episode 49 um of the Grunge Bible podcast and Chris, this was a good one. This was a good one. I I enjoyed my time here. This was, uh, I was looking forward to doing this uh, and it did not disappoint. So hopefully for all, all who are out there listening, I hope this episode did not disappoint. Hopefully you're thinking the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Parallel trains. All right. Well, until next time, everybody out there, uh, rock and roll, stay safe, stay heavy, and we'll see y'all next week. Take it easy, everybody. Take care. Peace. And then, so we paid. We paid Drew for these five. Yep. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, we're all clear. Yep. And he's a just, clean he just, slate. Yeah, perfect. Yep. So we have. Uh, before we start, we and have. If he hates us, if he hates <laughs> it, he can kill, kill us. And shut you the can fuck kill up. us and shut the fuck up, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we okay. have. Uh, before we get into this, we have two new two dollars, and then we have two new ten dollars. So they heard us. They heard we were pissed. We were pissy with them last week. Maybe we should just act like we didn't see any and be like another fucking week with no patrons. Like what the fuck, guys? If you guys hate us, just fucking kill kill us. us. Just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, perfect. So yeah, dude, Nikki Six. That's fun, yeah, dude. Yeah, and uh, I love Nikki Six. And then I don't want to share it. I want. I'll I'll save it for the other one. I think I already told you though. But uh, all right, you ready? (laughs) 